Hey, it's Pastor Mike. I want you to stay all the way to the end of this episode to hear more about a great podcast from Time of Grace. And now on to today's episode. In this series, I'd like to talk to you about a man named Bartimaeus who found his way into scriptures in Mark chapter 10. And the thing that made Bartimaeus so significant is actually that he was so insignificant. Today, I just wanna give you an introduction to who he was and why he's on the pages of scripture. And then in the rest of this series, we'll see some lessons that we can learn from him when it comes to where we find our significance. I just wanna start with one verse from Mark chapter 10, where it describes what Jesus was doing with some of his disciples when Bartimaeus comes onto the scene. So in Mark chapter 10, we see this. Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, who's, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. And just in that one verse, Mark introduces us to this person who, by all standards, was insignificant. Uh, he was insignificant for two reasons. First of all, he was blind. And I don't mean to imply that blind people are insignificant, but in the first century, they were. He had nothing to offer to society. In fact, he was just one who had to take from society. He was a beggar, which means he would spend his days not doing anything productive that people would find value in, but he simply depended on the mercy and the charity of others. And I can't imagine what a life like that would be like. To have every day feeling insignificant, not offering anything, but just taking from the people around you. And while you and I might not be exactly in the situation that Bartimaeus was in, what I wanna do in this video is just share with you that it's okay when you and I feel insignificant. And yes, even I at times feel insignificant, and the reason we often feel that way is because it doesn't feel like anyone maybe notices you. You've probably felt this where you walk into a room of friends, but they don't even know you're there. Or it's your birthday and you show up to work, but no one says happy birthday. Or you post something online that you just think is amazing and funny or hilarious or touching, but nobody even reacts to it. And in those moments, it's so easy for me and maybe you too, just to feel insignificant and maybe just lost in the moment. But what I want you to know right now is that even with Bartimaeus, there was hope. Even though he was so insignificant to so many people, he was significant to God. And I believe that you are too. As we go through this series, you're going to see a lot of hope come from his story and we're gonna see some amazing things happen. And I want you to know that just because you aren't noticed doesn't mean you aren't known. And just because you don't have the attention of the people around you doesn't mean you don't have the attention of God. As we get into this series, um, starting in the next video, we're really going to see how Jesus taught people about how to find significance. But I want to invite you, if you want, that to make the best use of this series, it's good to at least pause for a moment to give some thought to what you're going through. The words of Psalm 139 can be so helpful because it guides you through the truth that God knows you, God hears you, 
And it also provides you with a moment just to think about the significance or lack of it that you've been experiencing in your life. And I hope you can come back for this next video because we're going to dive into one of the main things that Jesus had to steer people away from when it came to the way that they searched for their significance. When the blind man Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was walking by, Bartimaeus started to shout out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But what Bartimaeus said in that moment was far different than what Jesus' own disciples had said just moments before. As you read through Mark chapter 10, where we hear the story of Bartimaeus, it's interesting that Mark includes a story about James and John, sons of Zebedee, right before. Now, there were three close disciples to Jesus, Peter, James, and John, and one day, James and John decided to make a power move. They wanted all the other disciples to know just how important they were compared to the rest. And so as Mark records it, he gives us a bit of a parallel between James and John and what Bartimaeus would do in just a moment. But here's what James and John did. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. And they replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. Teacher, do for us whatever we ask. That is so different than what Bartimaeus would say. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But James and John believed they were significant already. They just wanted people to recognize that with a position of prominence. This is so natural for all of us to fall into. We all want to be significant, and that's not a bad thing. We, we want to be known, we want to be loved, and that's the way we were wired. But it's just that we go about it the wrong way. James and John believed they were significant to God because of what they could do. And so they told Jesus, we want to have a seat at your right and left. We want to be prominent in your kingdom, whatever that may look like. And then Jesus had to go and realign them to a different idea of what significance really is. In Jesus' kingdom, significance isn't about prominence. Rather, significance is about service. I like to think of it this way. All of us would like to be a chandelier, a beautiful chandelier that gives light to an entire room and is so fancy and beautiful. But truth be told, some of us are designed to be more like nightlights. It's true, a chandelier is beautiful and it provides lots of light, but which one is more practical sometimes? When you wake up in the middle of the night, the last thing you want is the blinding light of a chandelier. Sometimes it's the gentle light of a nightlight. That is what you need. And so it is in God's kingdom. Some people he places in roles of prominence so that they would be a light for the world to see. But for most of us, we're the nightlight. We're the people who can simply serve and love others as God has served us. And it's incredible to see how God arranges his kingdom in that way. So would you give that some thought today? What's your definition of significance? Because in God's kingdom, significance is not measured by how prominent you are. It's simply measured by how you reflect the love of God to the people in your life. 
As you read through Mark chapter 10, you see how James and John, the sons of Zebedee, had a very bold request for Jesus. They said, give us whatever we want. Contrast that with what you hear from Bartimaeus just a few verses later. As Jesus is walking by, this is what Bartimaeus called out. So when Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth going by, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And think about this, just picture the event of that day and picture the environment that's going on. When it, see, when it says that Jesus had a large crowd, don't just think like a few dozen people or even a couple of hundred people. Think thousands. It was common for Jesus to have thousands of people that would follow him. There's this huge group of people following Jesus out of the city of Jericho on their way someplace else. And now here's this blind man, this beggar calling out from the side of the road. People must have been thinking around him, well, who do you think you are? Why do you think Jesus would hear you? And sometimes I wonder the exact same thing. Maybe you do too. Of all the prayers that people are praying in the world right now, why would mine be significant to him? Or of all the problems that people have in this world, why should I cry out to God for help? Like, why would he listen to me? And I'm sure the people who listened to Bartimaeus crying out for mercy, they were telling him, be quiet. Why are you bothering him? But here's the incredible thing we learned from the story of Bartimaeus. God hears people like me and you. He's listening and he does answer. What Bartimaeus knew is what we also need to learn, which is God doesn't hear us because of who we are. He doesn't listen to us because of how we've been behaving. And he doesn't give a special ear if things are going really wrong. You always have an open window to God because of who he is. You see, James and John, the disciples of Jesus, they appealed to Jesus on the basis of who they were, but not Bartimaeus. He simply said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. By calling him son of David, that was a clear reference that Bartimaeus believed that Jesus was not just a teacher, but this was his savior. So would you think about that the next time something is happening in your life and you feel like crying out to God, but you're not sure it's gonna be significant to him? It is. God hears. God answers, not because of who you are, but because of who he is. God is your father. He is your savior. He is your friend. He is with you. And because of who he is, you can cry out to him with all that you need. Even though Jesus was traveling with a large crowd, blind Bartimaeus believed that Jesus could hear him. Bartimaeus knew that you don't need sight in order to be seen. And so he called out to Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But the way he did it was anything but subtle. And I'm going to share with you what he did in just a moment. First of all, just know that in the first century, the life of a beggar, you had to be really careful if you were in that position. For your life, your daily life, you would depend on the charity and the generosity of the people around you which meant that when it came to the way you interacted with people, you always had to be on your best behavior. You had to be gracious for whatever they offered you and you kind of had to work around their preferences. 
So just keep that in mind as you listen to what Bartimaeus did the, the day that Jesus was walking by, because the way he called out to Jesus sends a loud message to what Bartimaeus believed. Here's what Mark records the day that Jesus walked by Bartimaeus. When Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. He was not winning the approval of the crowd around him by his continual crying out and shouting. I'm sure people around him were telling him, don't waste your breath on this. He's not going to listen to you. You're, you're annoying everyone around you. You're being obnoxious. But he didn't listen to them. He continued to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He wasn't living for the attention of the crowd. He was living for the attention of Jesus. And this is something that I need to be reminded of so often. I, I don't live for the attention of the crowd of people around me. I need to live in the attention of Jesus. And here's what that looks like. When you live for the attention of the people around you, it means you put their approval and their desires above God's even. It means that even though your faith might be prompting you to do something, that when you live for the attention of people, you don't follow that. It kind of stifles your faith because you're not living for God. You're living for the attention of the people around you. Now, I don't know what this might look like for you, but I know that for me, when I live for the attention of people, it promises things in the short term, but it doesn't pan out long term. And I know for Bartimaeus, what would have happened for him if he had lived for the attention of the people around him, he probably would have made a little more money that day and earned a few more pieces of bread. But by living for the attention of Jesus, that was opening the door for a miracle to happen for him. And I simply want the same for you. When we live for the attention of people around us, there might be a short-term benefit. People might like you more and you might even benefit in some way. But when you live for the attention of God, because his attention was on you, this is an amazing way to live. You will have joy and peace and certainty, even when all the people around you might be telling you to be quiet. It's amazing to see what God was able to do for Bartimaeus as he called out to Jesus for help. Now I'm wondering what God might be wanting to do in you. So just give that some thought today. As you think about who you've been living for and whose attention you're chasing, just remember, God's attention is on you and he wants your eyes to be on him. Bartimaeus, the blind beggar, was crying out to Jesus so persistently that eventually Jesus actually stopped. And Jesus gave the instructions, call him here, I wanna to talk to him. And I can't imagine how excited and anxious Bartimaeus must have been feeling when he heard that Jesus was calling for him. But Bartimaeus didn't have to wait long. He threw off his cloak and he went over to where Jesus was. And Jesus asked him a very interesting question that should make you pause and wonder what was going on. When Bartimaeus came to him, Jesus simply asked, what do you want me to do? 
Here, Bartimaeus had been crying out for mercy, so Jesus asked him, what would you like me to do? And we might think the answer is so obvious. Like, of course, he's blind. He wants to see again. But I don't think the answer was so obvious. How Bartimaeus would answer this question would say a lot about how Bartimaeus viewed Jesus. Now, Bartimaeus could have asked for money. He could have asked for food, for bread. He could have asked for a sermon for all the people around him about how they should be kind and generous to beggars. Bartimaeus could have asked for a lot of things that would have helped his life. But here's the thing. Bartimaeus knew that the biggest thing that he needed was what Jesus was already on his way to do. Jesus was leaving Jericho, headed toward Jerusalem. And Bartimaeus believed this wasn't just a teacher. This was the Savior who would take away his sins and the sins of the world. So knowing this and having faith in this, Bartimaeus simply says, Rabbi, my rabbi, I want to see. I want to see. And I think a lot of the times the miracles we pray for can be pretty short-sighted. And sometimes the miracles I pray for or want can even be selfish in nature. And at first glance, we might think, well, for Bartimaeus, isn't this true? Like, isn't he just asking for something that will improve the quality of his life? But as you read the end of the story, we know that isn't the case. Yes, it would be a benefit to Bartimaeus to see again, but he was actually asking for something different. Now, I'm going to see if you can catch it. It's at the very end of Mark chapter 10, as Mark concludes his story about this man named Bartimaeus. So Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. And I didn't see the real miracle at first, but as you look at it deeper, here's what becomes clear. If you were blind in those days, you didn't move around. I'm sure Bartimaeus had his regular path carved out each day. He would go from wherever he slept to this certain path along the road where he would ask travelers for money, and that was his life. But he asked Jesus for the one thing that would let him leave that life behind. He said he wanted to see. And he did what no blind man could do after he was given this request. He followed Jesus along the road. What a miracle that this man had such love for Jesus that Jesus could then give him the one thing he needed, not for a different quality of life, but for a changed direction of life. Now, I know that with each of us, we might find our significance in what we do or the accumulation of our life from the past. But for Bartimaeus, his significance was not in his accomplishments. His significance was in whom he followed. The same is true of me. The same is true of you. Your significance really isn't about what you do or who follows you. Your significance is all in who you follow. And isn't it cool that even today we can give requests to Jesus and pray to him and ask him for things, knowing that the biggest thing we needed, which is our sins forgiven, is something he has already done for us. So like Bartimaeus, be bold. Ask for the miracle, but not just a miracle that improves the quality of your life, but one that can change the direction of your life. 
say, Jesus, I want to follow you today. Would you work in me the ability to do that? So in this series, we've seen the incredible story of what God can do in the life of a person and what he did for a man named Bartimaeus. And I hope that in the process, you've seen a new definition of significance rise to the surface of your heart. A definition that's not about how people give their attention to you, and a definition that's not about what you accomplish, but really your significance today, tomorrow, this week, is really just all about whom you follow. Thanks for making it all the way to the end. I promise you a quick look at another podcast from Time of Grace that I think you'll like. It's a really fresh look at the Bible from my brother in Christ, C.L. Whiteside. But rather than listen to me again, here's a sample clip from C.L. himself. Enjoy, and I'll see you next week. There's this reoccurring theme on social media that I've been seeing on Instagram, on, on Twitter, on TikTok. And that theme is, do whatever makes you happy. Man, that, like, I look at that, that's super dangerous to say. And I know what people really mean, though. They really mean is do what makes you happy as long as it doesn't bother me or it doesn't bother someone else that I, I care about. And why I say that's silly is because like our sinful nature, the desires of our flesh will have us happily destroying ourselves. And what's eye opening, what's just fascinating is that the happiness we think this stuff of this world will bring us like it really doesn't last. Most people are not going to tell you that truth. Most things on social media don't portray that. It seems like it lasts forever, but it doesn't. Join me, C.L. Whiteside, on my podcast, The Non-Microwave Truth. Search The Non-Microwave Truth wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.